finishing with James. We're in the fifth chapter, and I've gotten some some feedback, and uh, I want to say that when I teach the Word, I believe that that uh, we need to touch on various subjects. Some uh, convict us, some uplift us, some are uh, uh, make us joyous, some make us think, uh, but I believe that we need to teach the full counsel of God, and uh, so I'm not going to apologize for teaching on worldliness. And I'm not going to apologize that if I hurt someone's feelings because if your feelings were hurt on what I taught on worldliness, then God was trying to get a hold of you and try to talk to you. And uh, if you're hurt about it, uh, then maybe you ought to uh, spend some time in prayer about it. Uh, but uh, I don't think there's room for worldliness in the church, and I, I think that we need to teach on what worldliness is, and uh, we need to touch on these things once in a while. And uh, as you go through a, through a book like James, you're, you're going to touch on many subjects, and uh, I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to get the most out of what's there. So let's go with uh, James chapter 5 tonight, uh, starting with the first verse. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your um, miseries that are about to come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are uh, corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat you your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who uh, mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. You know, at first look at that. Don't look like there's too much there. Start with, we don't have anybody in here that's rich, right? If you're rich, could we have a bigger donation for the church, please? <laughs> so, we try to get the most out of it. The first thing I want to say is that riches have kept many, many of God, uh, many from God. Jesus told uh, how uh, difficult it was for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven over in Matthew 19:24, and uh, riches have led to many falling away from God. Solomon, for instance, was a man who his riches and his pleasure and his desire for pleasure led him away from God and his 
older years. And Judas is another good example. Uh, here he was. He was a disciple of the Lord. He, he spent, uh, he spent uh, three, three and a half years with Jesus Christ uh, in all his ministry. He, he was uh, one of the 12 that was sent out and given power over the enemy. Uh, and uh, he was living a, a discipleship life. But it was greed that caused him to betray the Lord, wasn't it? At least that's what my Bible says. <laughs> it, was, it was his desire for money. And the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of all evil. Man uh, just doesn't seem to be satisfied. He's always wanting more. It's always greener on the other side of the fence. And I guess we could look at it from that standpoint. What is our heart's attitude of being satisfied with what God is doing for us? You know, you don't have to be rich to be dissatisfied with what God's doing. Amen? Uh, in verse 1 and 2 here, we find that suffering, uh, there's suffering because of riches in uh, the first two verses. Come now, you rich, weep and howl. Weeping and howling, and that's misery, physical misery. And we see that there's much suffering in the world, physical suffering because of money because of riches or the lack of money or the fact that someone is greedy let's take a look at Luke 16 verse 19 Luke 16 verse 19 <clears throat> you all know the story there was a certain rich man uh, who was uh, clothed in purple, fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. Not some days, but every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at the gate, desiring uh, to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his uh, sores, so it was that the, the beggar died and was carried uh, by the angel to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And uh, being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus uh, in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. I think there's a, there's a lesson here for us to grab a hold of that... Uh, here's a man, he's 
Uh, he's rich. He's got more than he needs. He's dressed in beautiful clothes and he, he eats sumptuously and he lives in luxury. And, and, you know, here is a man right under his nose and he's probably got, got some that he could spare. And here's someone that's in torment. He just wants, wants a few crumbs off his table. Uh, he, he wants, uh, uh, he needs some medical attention. And here, here's this man uh, almost oblivious to the fact that this guy is sitting right there at his gate. And uh, we've got to realize that God, all money belongs to God. Everything good comes from God. And it's given to us as stewards. We are to be good stewards over what God gives to us. And he gave us these things not for us to uh, well, we're to enjoy them, but we're also to use them for his glory. And we are, uh, you know, I'm sure that God takes good care of his stewards, but I don't think he wants us to hoard it. I don't think he wants us to... Uh, to uh, build up our ego by how much of it we can get a hold of. I think that everything that God gives to us should be used in a way that would glorify God. And so whether you've got millions or whether you've got a measly little paycheck, you need to evaluate how good of a steward you're being over God's material things that he's given to you. There's some things in this life that are much more important than money. Secondly, here we see in James that there is a psychological suffering that can take effect. And... Uh, I can find my way back there. Verse 2. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. You see, riches, you work hard to get them. And it, no matter how much you get, you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. And... Well, look at Ecclesiastes 6 with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1. There is an evil which, is, which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor so that he lacks nothing for himself of all he desires, yet God does not give him the power 
to eat of it. Do you remember, do you remember the guy that, that uh, uh, he put all his money in a, in a, he put all his fruit in the barn and then he said, I got to build a bigger barn. And then uh, God said, you fool. Who's is this now, you know? Money just never satisfies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's things you can't buy. There's things you just cannot buy, and we're, we're going to touch on that in a moment. Uh, secondly, we see here in verse 3 that there's sorrow because of the riches. And I, I just like to read that verse 3 to you out of the... Uh, I've copied it down here out of the Living Bible. And George, you have a Living Bible there, so you can come. Oh, you don't have it tonight. It's a good thing uh, that I didn't... Uh, depend on you having it because I was going to have you read it the value of your gold and silver is dropping fast yet it is it will stand as evidence against you and eat your flesh like fire uh, we see here first of all a reduction the value of your gold and silver is dropping fast. I can identify with that. You know it's true, right? If you had $100 and you put it in the bank, say, in 1954 at 6% interest and you paid the taxes on it, you know, every year you got to pay taxes on what you, your interest, right? And the way inflation has mounted, you really wouldn't have that much more. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? For instance, when I went into the military, they gave me $10,000 worth of insurance. And I thought, man, if I go into battle or something and I, I'm killed, at least my wife's going to be taken care of. Later on, they raised that up to 15000 Do you know that you can't even buy a luxury car today for 15000 without a loan taking care of your widow? That's how much our gold is deteriorating, devaluating. In fact, there probably is not enough gold out in, in Fort Knox to cover the paper that we're... we're passing around that's why the nation is what two trillion dollars in debt now three I'm sorry three trillion I can't even count to a trillion and so we know that what we have is being reduced I earn more in one year now 
than I ever did before in my life. And yet I have less. Anybody else in that boat? Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something else that I think is stupid. I don't understand, and maybe, maybe I, I'm just missing something, okay? I don't understand how they can raise our taxes because of the school budget and try to run through a school budget and they make it higher every year and every year we keep telling them it's too high and last year it got turned down because it was too high so this year they run through another high one that's kind of stupidity isn't it do you run why have they got to raise it every year they got their raise finally last year why have they got to raise it again you want to know why James is dealing with it right here. Because it sure isn't going, the taxes we pay in this town sure isn't going for the town of Seneca Falls. I don't see it in the streets. I don't see it uh, in, in anything here. The bus drivers are getting paid less in Seneca Falls than they are in Waterloo. They, they only get uh, $6 an hour here you go over to, Seneca, uh, over to Waterloo and they'll pay $11 and a penny an hour. $11.01 an hour. And yet their school budgets are less than ours. Something's wrong. And I can't talk on politics, so it must be that there's, there's greed and graft here somewhere. Or I'm, I'm missing something. And we see the result, yet it will stand against you and eat your flesh like fire. Let's look at Luke 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. Think about that for a moment. I think that's a good verse to meditate on. Life does not consist of the abundance of things that you possess. Life is so much more. Someone said the best things in life are free. And you know, I got to agree with that. Do you realize how valuable your children are to you? There isn't enough money to replace them. They're all little darlings. And you're going to miss them when they grow up and are gone. You really are. 
And you're going you're, you're gonna, to you're gonna stop and say, if only I'd have spent more time with them when I had them. Isn't that true, Mom? Isn't that true? How about you? Do you feel that way? And so the best advice I can give to you young parents is spend time with your children. You know, so many men are out there working extra hours, and I'll tell you why men do it, is because they feel that the best way of showing their love is by giving things. And I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't work that way. Some of the poorest people in the world makes better fathers. Life does not consist of the abundance of things you possess. It just cannot buy peace of mind. You don't have enough money to buy peace of mind. Yet Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, because the world gives you something and then takes it back. But he'll give you peace of mind. And it's free. Salvation is free. You cannot buy it. Hallelujah. There's no price tag. And then we see the reward in the last part of this living Bible for verse 3b there. It says, that is what you have stored up for yourselves to receive on that coming day of judgment. That's what you've stored up for yourself on that coming day of judgment. In the uh, New King James here, it says, you have heaped up treasures in the last days. And I, I, I didn't quite understand that. That's why I went to the Living Bible to begin with. I wanted to get someone else's opinion on what, what, is, what it's trying to say here. The last days is when God is going to judge the earth. And these rich people have been heaping up things that's going to, going to be their judge. It's going, to, it's going to be in judgment against them. 1 Timothy 6, 9 in the Living Bible says, But people who long to be rich soon begin to do all kinds of wrong things to get money, things that hurt them, them and make them evil-minded and finally sends them to hell itself. Pretty strong, huh? If we have that attitude of wanting things, it'll drive us to doing things that'll keep us from having a relationship with God that we need. And then in verse 4, we see shame because of riches. 
Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. That's a shame that, you know, here's people that work hard. Good for instance, I just thought of it. Mickey worked, her husband worked hard for the money that she put out to a guy who was going to do put siding on her house and he defrauded her of it. The job never got finished. And it's not because he's rich, but it's because of his greed for money. He took something that wasn't his just as surely as if he stole it out of her pocket. Amen? And the greed for money will cause you to do all kinds of wrong things. And, and here we have an instance. That's what James is talking about. Uh, it says here in the Living Bible, it says, For listen, hear the cries of the field workers who you have cheated of their pay. Let's look, I, I want to look at a couple of verses over in the Old Testament. Proverbs 16 and verse 8. I don't hear many pages turning out there. Everybody tired want to go home, right? Okay. 16 verse 8 says, better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues with ju without justice. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. Psalm 37, 16. Thirty-seven, sixteen. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of, the, of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. I'd rather have God on my side than all the riches this world has to offer. Amen? Amen? That, and... Last of all, in verse 5 and 6, and I'm going to run through this in a hurry. Uh, in verse 5 and 6, we see sin because of uh, riches. And uh, we see satisfaction here. You have spent your years having fun, satisfying uh, every whim, and now your fat hearts are ready for the slaughter. There's a judgment day coming. And one day, those reapers who's, been, who's cried out to God because they've been cheated, one day, God's going to bring justice. And secondly, uh, I really need to go through this. Over in Romans 8, if you'll turn there with me, Romans 8, and I'll try to, try to wind it down with this. Romans 8.
verse 8. It says, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, or those who are fleshly-minded. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if we're led of the Spirit, then we're not going to feed these fleshly desires. And where where's all, the, all, the, all this covetousness come from? It's to fulfill this fleshly desire. And it says that if we're in the flesh, we can't please God. I want to please God. And over in verse 5 and 6 of that same chapter uh, 8 of Romans, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And we've got our set our mind on spiritual things. And we don't lay up our treasure here on earth. We lay up our treasures in heaven. And so we've got to live by the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. A spiritual mind is, is, uh, is not after world possessions. The spiritual mind is after heavenly possessions. Abraham said, I, I'm a sojourner. He was not satisfied. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He lived in a tent all his life because he was not satisfied with anything this world had to offer and yet he had all kinds of see he had all kinds of riches didn't he earthly riches yet his mind was not set on those riches there's the difference you can be flat broke and have your mind covetous after things and what we've got to do is not have our mind after worldly things. We've got to go after heavenly things. And that's what James is trying to get across here is our heart's attitude. Uh, and, and that's why he, he's, he doesn't have too much good to say about those that are covetous. And uh, I think it's up to each one of us to check our own attitudes where we're at but I'll tell you, spiritually minded brings peace. When you have food and shelter 
and the things you need and you're satisfied with that rather than always wanting more and more and more and more. There's no satisfaction to that. It just brings ulcers. God wants us to have peace. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, Jesus walked this earth and he said, I, I don't even have a place to lay my head. He said, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was born in a stable. He walked everywhere he went. Sometimes he went without daily necessities and had to shuck grain as he walked through a field. He had the poorest of diets at times. But he had something that we all need. And that was peace of mind, that he was doing the will of him that had sent him. Father, there is peace in knowing that we're doing your will. And God, we need to evaluate our lives from time to time to see, is what I'm doing the thing that God would have me to do? Lord, I believe that you've had this message so that each one of us could check our own attitudes and Lord we confess that we haven't always been after the things of God rather than after the things of man Lord help us not to be covetous but help us to be godly minded Help us to reach out to the poor and the needy and help us to reach out to our brothers and our sisters that are in need. Let us be good stewards over the things God has given us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.